Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and thank you for listening to the Guitar Nerd Podcast. If you'd like to hear more of this absolute waffle, pop over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where for as little as $5 a month, you'll be able to become one of our Patreon exclusive backers. That means that not only do you get more of us, well actually that's it, you just get more of us. Um, But if you pay $10 a month, you also get your name read out at the end of the podcast. Usually Joe does it in a silly voice. This week it's me. Hopefully it will be me more often. Thanks very much for listening to Guitar Nerds. Take care. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Good evening. And Jay Cross. Hiya. How's it going? Good. Matt. Excellent. I always, I always say good evening and then I realise that actually this might not ever... Someone might not listen to it in the evening, so yeah. it's probably... I mean, change that. from the feedback we've had, most people listen to it driving to work in the morning, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's not the evening for them, I cool. guess. Maybe, maybe if they're driving to work, we should keep the um, sort of random noises to a minimum in case it distracts people while they're driving. Well, as you can hear, there's no Joe Branton this week, so most of the random noises will be uh, will be gone, uh, which is only a good thing. Man, how's your week been? It's been very good, thank you. Um, not a lot of guitar related, although I did play a lot of guitar today, um, and I was doing stock take, so sort of guitar related. Okay, so you got, a lot of guitars. You got to see loads of guitars and then sort yeah. of, what, scan them with a little kind of hand scanner? And then scan them with a gun and then go, yep, definitely, that's definitely that guitar. So, was, there, uh, was there anything that um, you were like, oh, I forgot we had this. This is yeah. cool. Second hand, we've got a Dan Electro Wildman. Did I talk about that when it came in? What? A, yeah, it's Dan Electro Wildman. It's like... A melted explorer. Wait, wild man or wild thing? No, wild thing. That's it. Yeah, wild yeah, thing. Yeah. Wild something. But that's weird. It's like yeah, it's like a melted explorer with slightly pointy edges. Do you know what I think those guitars look like? You know when you have like a um, what they called a refresher's lolly. You know, one of those like <laughs> chewy sweets, and you sort of try and bite the end off, and then two yeah. little bits sort of come up like that. That's what the yeah. wild thing looks like. That's 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 probably how they designed it. Yeah, they went. Oh, someone tell you dropped what. a like a drumstick lolly on a piece of paper, and then they just sketched around it. Yeah, yeah, uh, I reckon that's probably it, what it was. It was funny actually because one of the new guys um, we've got was like, "Oh, what's this guitar?" And he went, "Feels like it's made out of like 
cheap wood and wallpaper and i went it's because it is yeah, made yeah. Out of cheap wood and wallpaper. <laughs> exactly that sir well done did you see that um anderton's have uh, sorry Anderson's. did you see that dan electro have um just just launched their facebook page have I they did. really yeah. that's amazing they just this 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 Man, week that company that's hilarious <laughs> who, who does someone else own dan electro or are they just a company I think they're right. just in their own right, or it's someone who's like got rights to the name or something, because they come into this country through JHS. I think it's JHS, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know really. Uh, don't really know who owns it. It'd be interesting to maybe we should track them down. Let's get an interview with the owner. Well, yeah, because um, I have started the uh, long journey of getting all the Dan Electro Food Series pedals. I'm gonna do it. I I'm, saw this I'm, on Facebook. I'm, I'm certain I can do it. I saw this. I, I put this down in the running order of this podcast as Matt goes down the Dan Electro food pedal tunnel and because this is a long dark tunnel. So what did you what did you get? So I'd already got the chili dog, which I think I spoke about a few weeks ago, but I I got the uh, PB and J delay. Nice. Um, which actually sounds really good. Okay. I was like, "Ah, oh. I I bought it um and it was modded and there was a guy on the Facebook group who had had a similar mod done where the original pedal doesn't go into oscillation. It's just got like X amount of repeats and the guy had already modded it and it included the little part with it. So you can actually get it to oscillate and it sounds like really lo-fi and gritty. And I was like, God, this pedal's for like 20 odd quid. I was like, this pedal is actually really good. Yeah. they're despite, um... it, despite it feeling like obviously quite cheap because it's like size, I was like, ah, oh, this is all right. I seem to remember the ones that weren't drive pedals actually sounding okay. The drive pedals I remember sounding pretty poor, but that's to be expected from a 20 quid pedal, I guess. I mean, Dan Electro have yeah. always done good pedals. Like, the Cool Cat, the yeah. Cool Cat series were all really, really cool. Yeah. And um, the um, the Real Echo, is yeah. one of, that's one of my favourite pedals of all time. They're great. Yeah. The- it's... Um- it's funny though because it, it just it really takes me back to when I first started playing guitar and then one of the local guitar shops that was pretty much they had like a couple boss pedals um, and then like probably one or two MXR pedals if that and then just all these down electro pedals it's like oh I remember the, the tuna melt and the uh, the pastrami surf and turf surf and surf and turf fish and chips oh nice you know? all good what's the EQ called? The fish and chips, right? Is the EQ. Yeah, I remember that one being good. And what about the little amp? Uh, was that called bacon and eggs? Maybe. I think no, that or, called no, bacon. corn beef. No, corn beef is the reverb. Oh, is it? Okay, fine. It's like you, they started off like pepperoni phaser. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. That you know, I see what you're going for. And it's That's like cool. Corn you know, beef cool. reverb. Yeah, totally. They've gone for the cool meats first, and they've ended up at corned beef. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'll, I maybe really want some corned beef. The, no, the, that's the, wrong. The dirtiest wrong. of all meats. Anyway. That and a can of Shandy Bass. Oh, no, <laughs> never the Shandy Bass. Um, we should do a podcast on that one time, Matt, the time that we bought a load of Shandy Bass. <laughs> Worst summer decision ever yeah. on a slow day at work. Yeah, really, really bad. Um, so have you actually put this on a pedal board or are you just sort of... Oh, are you going to buy the official pedal board? Because there was an official uh, yeah, food. Yeah, there is actually an... It's called the... Uh, there's an official pedal board, but they actually did a box set called The Summer of Love, which is is the pedal board and then like four pedals, including the little amp. So you can literally plug the pedal board in and then at the end is there's just a little amp. Nice. Nice. Like, oh, yeah, I should get that. 
Where are hang you it fi- on my wall, make some sort of art installation. Where are you it. finding this stuff? You're just buying it on eBay. It's oh, it's all coming up on eBay for some reason. I think everyone's decided to uh, to sell them. So I'm like, oh, I'll snap these up. Well, podcast listeners, if you've uh, if you've got some Dan Electro Food Series pedals to sell, Matt Knight is uh, will be a willing recipient, I'd imagine. Get in touch on the Facebook just group. Not a, just not inflated prices. Please. Yeah, that's the thing. They're going to sell it to you. It's £200 for the fish and chips. No, it's, in, in fact, actually, there is one pedal that I think is that's going secondhand from Dan Electro that's always ridiculously priced, and that's the Sitar Swami. Yeah. The worst one they ever made is like always going for like 100 plus quid on eBay. I'm Mental. like, why? Yeah, surely for, so that, bad. for that money, just get the Ravish Sitar Simulator EHX. Yeah. But it's just like, it's just bad. I remember having uh, loads of the um, Dan Electro Psycho flanges left. Yep. As well. Just like millions of them. Like, no one wants this flanger pedal. No. And the reverse torque, which again now is worth loads of silly money. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Cross, been doing anything guitar related this week? <laughs> it's your new favourite question. Yeah. And there's usually no answer. Uh, I put on a gig this week. You did put on a gig. It was very good. It was good fun, wasn't it? Probably, um, I reckon, the second band on, probably the best. Probably blew the other people off stage, I would say. I'm not going to talk about that. What I am going to talk about is the fact that um, one, one of the bands uh, who was playing, um, they were the guitarist was really excited. He came up to me and he was like, I've got my pedal board sorted. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he went... I didn't remember having this conversation with him but apparently like a year or so ago I was like mate you need to just get a pedal board now like the pedal board he's got is a stag UPC you know so it's not you know but it's good it's a start and um, he's got everything on the board and he he went oh what do you think and I was like part of me was really wanted to be like really encouraging and be like oh man this looks great and part of me wanted to be like listen just you've got to be harsh with him otherwise he's never going to learn so what were you criticising the fact that it was a UPC board oh no the fact that the pedals were in the incorrect order that's what I was that's what I was criticising but what we did figure out is um, so he had two amps with him um, and at the end of his chain incorrectly at the end of his chain but at the end of his chain was a um, a stereo pedal Um, it was the I can't remember what it is now the electric mistress I think it was Um, the flanger it's a flanger and chorus, I okay. think. Is that right, Matty? The electric mistress is flanger and cor- chorus. No, it's, it's just it's um, it's just a flanger. What what you're thinking of is it's always famously mistaken as Andy Sumner's from the police always using a chorus, but he actually was using an electric uh, okay. mistress. So they're stereo, um, and he was using one of those at the end, and he had two amps with him, but he was only using one amp, and I was like, mate, just. Just plug them both in. Why did he have two amps? As a, one as a spare. Okay. One as a spare. So he had his JCM 900. Yep. And the spare amp was his JCM 800. Okay. Which ones do you use normally then? The, the 9. Why? I Use don't know. the 8. I don't know. Much better amp. But um, yeah, he plugged them both in and it sounded wicked. And it's just one of those things, like if ever you have the opportunity to go into two amps, always take that opportunity because it just sounds so much bigger. Yeah. You know, you, they were mic'd up, obviously, but it, it isn't the same effect, especially when you turn on a stereo pedal and you've got that really, like, ultra-wide panning. Yeah. You know, it just sounded absolutely huge. And, yeah, it was it was good. It, like, it, it's just one of those things, like, reaffirming what you are pretty sure you already know and but just haven't had a chance to try for a little while. It's like that ultra-wide panning through a stereo pedal. just sounded amazing. And uh, essentially, 
podcast listeners, it's buy two amps because if you don't have two amps, you're cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself. I'm not and sure it every- works like that. And everybody oh, else. You're cheating yourself and you're cheating everyone else. You're kidding yourself. It's not big. It's not clever. It's not cool. Stop it. Buy another amp. I don't... Okay. Buy another amp. Fine. I'm not going to argue with you. No, that's what you need to do. It sounds better. Much better. Good. Have you done anything guitar-related, Mark? I played a gig uh, this week. Did you? I, I, this sort of like really dodgy promoter sort <laughs> yeah. of phoned me up and said... Do you want to play a gig? Uh, you won't get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, the only beer that will be free is rubbish Cronenberg. True, I bought you two pints. Um, and uh, yeah, you you know you'll you will obviously rock the house. Mm-hmm. People will be Walk falling out. over themselves okay. to say how good you are. Okay, um, and uh, you've got twenty minutes. Go nuts. Every, everybody was like, oh, I really like. I like. I, I thought they were better last time. Is, is it a different guitarist this time? That's what everyone was saying as they were walking out the door. No, no one said that. <laughs> everyone said way better, way better. Um, so yeah, I did a gig. Um, interestingly, I guess in terms of gear stuff, um, obviously I used the Mark bass and the P bass, as you would imagine. We had no pedals on stage, I don't think. Did uh, Dan not take his pedal board? Uh, maybe we had tuners on stage, I think, and that was it. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was. We're, Dan was using his little uh, 1974X Marshall, which sounded. Pretty, pretty damn good. Just turned up full, was it? Or uh, well, no, just it doesn't turn up full. I mean, it was not very a, loud. Not as sticky bikes. It was <laughs> very loud, but yeah, I can imagine it wasn't turned up full. The sound man would have. It did sound. It did sound very good, and it was the. Um, it, so, Dan had the, without a shadow of a doubt, the most expensive rig of anybody who was playing that night. Yes. So he had his custom shop. This Kelly, is this is Dan Grace, by the way. Occasional. In, yeah. Uh, guitar nerds contributor so he was playing his custom shop telly uh, which we go on about quite a lot through his Marshall 1974X yep. and it was without a doubt like it, it really was without a doubt like the most the, like the best sounding element of the show it, I think it sounded amazing yeah. absolutely amazing not to downplay uh, the other guitarist Tim uh, his, he was using his Susan Kettner Tube Meister head with yep. uh US Strat yeah, with a JB Junior in the bridge, which sounded really good. That guitar, there's something about that guitar. Yeah, it, it's one that was kicking around when we were working in the shop it for is. a long time. It, yeah, it had some like cosmetic damage. Yeah, it got dropped. When, no, something got dropped on it. No, it got dropped. Oh, did it? Okay, it got dropped uh, on a day that I was not working there. Okay, I should. I should. And why well, same? I wasn't there. Well, I just it wouldn't happen on my watch. Okay, what I'm um, but it got but, dropped, and that guitar. That's one of those things, though. When when those guitars get like a couple because it probably did get like it became a demo guitar at the shop yeah. because it was like it was a good guitar like a really good guitar because it was an American standard strap but it, it had this big dink on it so it sort of didn't matter if it was um, you know if it got a little bit more damage here and there so it became our demo guitar and I it probably has it probably had a couple of hundred hours worth of playing yeah and um, you can't replicate that no you know, unless you go for a relic, you know, but yeah. for, a, you know, sub thousand pounds, it just goes to show that your guitar, the more you play it, as long as you've got like a, a you know, a guitar of that sort of level. Half decent quality. If you can, if you play it and play it and play it, it will just keep getting better. The It's probably the best argument I've seen for a guitar, like, if you went to the shop, you wouldn't necessarily pick that one up because it did have quite a large chunk out yeah, the front yeah, of it. It's like yeah, right yeah. on the front of the guitar, but it's kind of the best argument for like, 
play the guitar in store. Always, and if always. you like that one, just get it. Because I think Tim was trying like a couple of strats, yeah. and um, that one was just way better. And like you say, maybe it's because someone had played it for a long time, or um, maybe it's just the fact that it was a better guitar. It was, and um, it did take... And, you know, it, it is one of... And it's completely understandable. It did take him a little bit of time to convince himself that it was okay going for the one with a big chip on it. Yeah. But I kept handing it back to him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I stress I only did this because he's my mate. I wouldn't I wouldn't normally be the sort of person to just give a guitar to someone and they're like I'm not really sure about it and I'm like give it another go. That was never my never ever my style, but because Tim was my friend give him the guitar and he's like oh, I'm not really sure and I'm like mate it doesn't matter about the damage you're going to damage it and it, it really was such an astonishing guitar he loves it now as well he's kind of come to accept that that's like a little quirk of how it looks and, yeah uh, it's the one so there we go a couple of new bits have turned up this week um, in terms of things for demo and things to help with demos oh um, not I like it indeed first Ooh. of all the um, Empress tape delay arrived the guys yeah. at Empress are kind enough to send us a tape delay over I've not really spent enough time with it yet to make up my mind I think it's good they're As great you'd I th- expect I've, I've actually owned one have you? I yeah. didn't know that yeah I used to have the um, the super tape delay which was their um, which is like the kind of father to this one I suppose they basically they made one called um the super delay which had loads of different settings on it yeah. but most people found that the delay or the tape one sounded like the best so loads of people were requesting that they build the tape one just in its own box because the super um, delay is a lot of money isn't it the super delay is like timeline money it's like $450 yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty expensive but it came out before the timeline because I, I had one of these before I, I bought a Strymon yeah um, and it was kind of like my main delay pedal and it did like a similar thing it had like eight different presets you know, you had like a high and low pass filter. You could do loads of stuff with the expression pedal. You could add modulation in each, I think each mode. So there's like normal tap, reverse, rhythmic, tape. Each one of those had three different modes as well. So you had like 20 odd different algorithms you could use in it. And it did actually sound, you know, really, really good for a tiny pedal. Um, but I think once the timeline came out, I was like, actually, I think this is going to work better. And ultimately it did, but it's still an amazing sounding delay pedal. Yeah, uh, we just had a quick mess around, actually. I realise we've got a lot of delay pedals here, kind of like stacking up. Um, So I think what we're going to do is uh, we're going to do some like comparison videos. So I'm or, you know, Periscope or something and just plug them all in and and see what people cool. think so um, if you want to get they, um, they also do the multi-drive which is that one that's like an overdrive a fuzz and a distortion like all in one box oh nice and then it's just a button that like flicks between all three of them which is quite cool cool um, yeah they I, to be honest I don't know a huge amount about the company they're um, really cool they're but, Canadian I think aren't I, they yeah they are yeah um, Yeah, I just know that their stuff is very highly uh, regarded so I'm going to give this um, tape delay a go first and uh, and we'll go from there really the, 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 the thing that I sort of feel a little bit indebted to uh empress for is um their buffer yes and i think they were sort of the first it was when i first tried the empress buffer it was the first time that i really sort of took a step back and was like wow these this really sounds so much better you know even if you just get the one that doesn't because they do too they do a buffer and they do the buffer plus which has got um you can it's got a boost circuit plumbed into it I think if I remember correctly and it's um, 
but even if you don't go for that, you just you just get the buffer. So there's no switches on it or anything, and you just you know you could tape it to the underside of your board. They it just yeah it just sounds so much better. It's just you know really uh, you know I hate going on about the actually I don't. It's my favourite subject talking about you know why buffered pedals are better than uh, true bypass pedals. But if you do insist on having true bypass pedals, you need to have a buffer. Um, in which case you might as well just go for buffer pedals but you know it just it just sounds better with the, with that, that Empress buffer just brings everything out and I really can't cannot recommend enough getting if you get the chance to just take your board if you've got like a fully you know true bypass or like a mostly true bypass board just take the board to, to a guitar shop and plug in one of these Empress buffers before it and it will just like I really would I really can't recommend that enough because it will make makes, such it a does difference. make a huge difference it really, it really does, does yeah. yeah it just brings everything out and uh yeah that's that's for me that's the thing that I'll sort of always hold Empress uh in high stead for but their compressor's amazing as well yeah um which is something I don't really care about but. no of course well yeah that's the thing where I first heard them I think is the either well the buffer and the compressor mm-hmm. the compressor I think used to be like a kind of one of those pedals that you couldn't really get easily over here and people used to rave about it and say yeah. like oh yeah I've ordered this thing in um, have you got much experience with the Empress stuff Matt apart from owning the tape delay uh, yeah I've tried a lot of the range they came in because um, we were doing them obviously at the, the last shop I worked at but I, I know a few people that had, that had owned them um, beforehand had good experience experience with the uh a lot of the drives and the tremolo as well was really good okay because um, the tremolo has got like sort of different rhythms it's got tap tempo which is really nice um but yeah as jay said the buffers are some of the best ones out there cool good stuff well we've got that we'll have a full demo up soon uh on the youtube channel we might do some periscope stuff with it i've got two weeks off in a week or so so i'm gonna try and do a load set up a load of periscope stuff and oh so try. do i do you <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Matty, let's get together and we'll uh, we'll do yeah, some right. we'll do some videos. Let's, let's smash through like the all the pedals that we're getting sent. Well, indeed, we have got loads of stuff to do. Loads of stuff. I'm taking a week off during that week oh, as well. Oh no, actually, mine's cancelled. We we we're, we're oh, busy. Mine's cancelled. Oh, sorry. Now. Wait, was it next? Oh, oh sorry. 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 Busy and or ill. I think we should we should maybe go to like a theme park or something. Should we do something that doesn't involve guitars? Let's go. Oh, let's go. Let's go to a theme park. Let's go. <laughs> Are they open yet? Where it's probably it's March. They're probably not open yet. Let's go to. No. Let's go to. Not uh, not Alton Towers though, because you know bad, bad reputation. Yeah, Thought Thought Park. I don't know. Just one to get to for for us. Shall we? Shall I hire a car and should we go to Disneyland Paris for the day? That that actually sounds wicked. <laughs> I'd totally be up for that. <laughs> Leave Joe at work. Yeah, yeah. No, Joe's on tour. Oh yeah, of course. Joe's yeah. on tour. Oh, we should go on our own little tour, which has one date. Uh, the it's Disneyland it's, Paris. Yes, yeah, us on a date at Disneyland Paris. I'm into it. it. I remember when uh, when I was in a in a band a couple of years ago, and someone uh, this band put up their poster like, "Yeah, UK tour," and it was like, "London, London, 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 Hull, London." <laughs> nice. I was like, that, "That's not a UK tour." They're all in the UK. What's the problem? <laughs> um, so talking about doing videos and periscopes and stuff, um, the other thing that turned up this week was the um, IK Multimedia iRig Pro. Rig Pro Duo, in fact, um, so equally the- as exciting as the Empress tape delay. Well, not. I mean, it is equally as exciting in a different way in that this is super functional. So I was looking out for a sound card that I could plug straight into my phone um, or a a laptop and stuff that's like really small. Um, And uh, I came multimedia actually got in touch and said, do you want to try one of these? And 
give your kind of feedback to the guitar community. Um, it arrived uh, last week actually, but I've only just had time to plug it in, um, and it works. I guess is the only thing I can say about it. <laughs> uh, I plugged it into my phone and used it with the amplitude amplitude app, um, and didn't which really is free. Which is there is a free version. It's quite limited. Um, right. Okay. I think I've not had time to investigate, but I assume you get a more fully featured version with the iRig. So there's probably a code or something in there to um, put in, and you get uh, get some more stuff. Yeah, but you can you don't have to use it with that app, and you? you can just use it as a direct interface into exactly like any third party bit of software. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I was going to say. So it's ideal for us because obviously we've got external amp modeling uh, with the two note system that we use. Um, and we can run uh, that into the iRig and then the iRig into the phone so we can do per- do periscopes and get a really nice guitar sound going in so a nice kind of modelled modeled sound that's awesome especially for like quick video demos and stuff like that that's just I mean all the, I- the iRigs they've kind of really <clears throat> were they the first company to kind of really do something? they were the first ones so, to, yeah. to get on board with it yeah like uh, the iRig the first iRig um is, yeah, it was one of the first ones that I can remember. Well, the first because the first one was just, um, in fact, the first couple I think just went in through the headphone jack. They did, um, You're right? You know, they weren't even lightning connection. Yeah. So um, you, yeah, you just plugged in through your through through the headphone jack, and <clears> they just it was just a bit rubbish. Like, I mean, they you know they're only thirty quid. So for thirty quid, it was great, yeah. and it's a great scenario, a, a great um, option. But you know, just a, like a bit crap. Well, like, I think really, the problem you know, the problem was is because. I don't think the technology had really got there. You were you were turning the output of your head, your phone, yeah. or iPod into an input and an output. Yeah. So you got like a lot of crosstalk between the two, um, like channels. Yes. So once yeah. they kind of actually went, hold on, if we can use the the interface, yeah. like it's made a world difference. But the cool thing is they do like um like a Lavellia microphone and like proper studio mics now, yeah. don't they? And yeah, they yeah. did. They we talked about the um the acoustic pickup. As yep. well, a few, yeah. a few, a couple months it's ago. It's an iRig acoustic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually seem to remember that when when this all was sort of kicking off a couple of years ago. Um, do you remember PV brought brought one out as well? Yes. So it was the I can't remember what it's called. The PV. It was. I, I can't remember either. But the, it was really, really good. It was, and it was. It used the same technology as the. It was the same, like sort of. Chassis kind of, but it was iRig. powered, wasn't it? So it had it was, yeah, some... it, had, it just had a a, a a battery. Yeah, it had some noise cancelling, and um, and I found it really difficult working in the shop because people would come in and say like, "Oh, I want to buy an iRig," and I'd be like, "Okay, I understand you want to buy an iRig, but I've tried these two side by side. This one is cheaper and it's made by PV. I know it's made by PV, but it sounds a lot better." And they're like. I love buying iRig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, it was very, a very, very difficult sell because iRig had done so well at sort of, yeah, at, at, like marketing themselves as the um, interface. The, yeah, yeah. And I think that they've, they've still kind of got that. Yeah, well, I think because the, the great thing, I mean, you, it was the PV amp kit. The amp, amp, amp kit, yes, amp, that's right. Amp yeah. link amp, kit, wasn't it called? Amp, amp link, link kit. kit yeah. yeah. I think because the reason they they sound better than the early um, iRig ones is because they were a separate breakout box. They still went into the headphones, but the little box that was battery-powered provided two separate channels for the input and the output. Right. So you stopped getting that kind of noise that you might have got with some of the early um, yeah. ampli- amplifier ones. Well, in my kind of early test of the iRig duo, iRig 
pro duo um there's no uh, there's none of that it's all uh, it's all works very very well powers off a nine volt or you can actually put two um double a batteries in there as well so oh, really right well. so you could even if you wanted to let's say you wanted a slightly nicer or higher powered headphone output from your phone you could throw your phone and the iRig duo in a bag powered by batteries and uh listen to your headphones on that Really? So what? you actually get a better sound through your headphones because you've got a little lamp in there. Well, exactly. It's a it's a sound card in the same way that you'd plug a sound card into your computer or you know right, well, whatever. So, cool. um, yeah, neat little bit of kit, and we're gonna I'll probably do a full re- review of it. I'll do something written for the site, I think, and maybe sort of video overview. Um, but we'll be using it for all the stuff that we do that's recorded on a phone. So any of the Periscope things or any quick videos that we do, uh, it'll be it'll be using that. So looking forward to doing some stuff with it you alright you sound a little croaky <laughs> yeah my throat's going as always you know I talk a lot uh, yeah um, yeah should we do some news news is that it that's all we get <laughs> sorry I wasn't sure who was going to go in for that sorry um, it's, it's time for the news okay good I'm into it slightly less bombastic than Joe Branton I mean that if that could be written on my ep- if that could be my epitaph that's that the gravestone that would be, <laughs> yeah. be wonderful thank you um, we've got that in recorded evidence now <laughs> so when uh, you know when you die the rock and roll early death we have to go to your parents and say yeah what you wanted was slightly less bombastic than Joe Branton <laughs> on his headstone actually if you could change that to Joseph underscore 900 just you know at Joseph underscore yeah. 900 I'd really like it to be the sort of thing where in like hashtag you know, see ya yeah in like in like uh, I'd, li- I'd still like hashtag LLAP but um, you know what's LLAP live oh long. live long and prosper yeah. right okay um, but um, you know I just I, I'd really like to be as everything is Really, I'd like it to be like really dated, and for people to look at okay. look at me as they do now and be like, "You bloody idiot!" Um, I would Have like the, hash- the hashtag and the uh, the at sign. Just it, just your Snapchat um, picture, you know, that's got the dots on it that you can take a picture of and then you become oh, a yeah, Snapchat yeah, yeah. friend just have that so in like a hundred years when it's completely eroded people are like oh, what's that strange marking on there <laughs> the only evidence left of Snapchat was on your gravestone <laughs> anyway let's do some news so first up um, Fender announced over the last couple of days the custom shop at George Harrison Telecaster I missed this entirely I missed it until today Matt Knight uh, has probably seen it though, I would imagine I have What's the uh, what's the date? Seen, seen and ordered, not for myself. Really? Oh I, wow! Uh, yeah, um, it's quite cool because I I didn't realise that the one that he played was actually really just a prototype. Yes. Um, I thought that that was like a limited production run, um, but it was actually built basically for him by Fender, by um, by two guys in the Fender factory. Uh, I can't remember their names. Basically, built it and then gave it to George Harrison, which I thought was like. Imagine, oh, I mean, obviously, imagine being an artist where you can, someone just goes, oh, we've just built this for you. Happy birthday. Happy day. Here you go. Here's this awesome guitar. So what I, and also the amazing thing about the neck is it's not one piece rosewood. It's actually three pieces, two pieces for the back of the neck and then a rosewood fretboard. Oh, okay. Two um, pe- what? Split down the center. So split down the center. Okay. Yeah. Still with a, tri- um, with a skunk stripe. I don't think so because okay. I think the I think the truss rods obviously in the neck, but I think the way it's split down the middle, they've obviously like routed it out. So you I guess can it see. will be sixties style. Yeah. Well, this know. is the weird thing. So um, you know, just reading, I was reading the um, 
the thing that Fender put up about it, and they were saying, oh, obviously, if you if you looked at it, you just go, oh, it's 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 all original. But actually, there's a few differences because it was like a prototype. Um, it's got a different decal um, to how from when it was. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Built. So it's got a really early Fender logo on it, despite it being built like in the late 60s yep. or like by the mid to late 60s, where it would have had like the gold logo. It's got a, a the really early spaghetti type logo, um, which has been placed sort of too far towards the nut. So the um, string tree is actually a slightly different position so you get different break angle um, which they say kind of changes the way the guitar resonates and obviously the sustain that you get um, the nut is also wider so it's like an eighth of an inch wider than most normal tellies okay um, so it's got wider string spacing so all of that make it kind of really unique to what a telly would have been at the same time um, and I because th- when we had we had a custom shop Rosewood telly before and the thing that I found about it despite not I thought it'd be a really heavy guitar but it it wasn't at all it actually was sort of really well balanced it's just the sheer amount of sustain that you get from it yeah it's like a a really naturally compressed wood so it's like so resonant and so loud unplugged and then like each note just like sustains forever but it's master built so it's going to be like obviously top top quality I think Paul Waller's doing the the master building Um, sort of lightly reliced like closet classic relic because i don't cool. think his is like particularly well used uh i don't know what they're limiting the amount to but it'd probably be only be like 50 yeah I would it's not gonna even probably break 100 i'd imagine yeah and um abby you've got yeah abby, the abby oh, your bar has been uh, dragged out of her oh, really that's course. back it's full retirement of course she has <laughs> like, um, did she make the pickups on the original she must have uh, done she, she probably did yeah like I would Abby, do you remember, do you remember yeah. in the... Abby, here's a question for you. Do you remember I mean, in the late ever, 60s? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, bless her. Yeah. Her retirement in 2013. I like the fact that they... they who, uh, who broke her 2013 retirement. It's like, no, you dragged her back. Yeah. Kicking and screaming. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's going to be an awesome guitar. Like the the normal rosewood tellies that you you find every now and then, they have to be master built if you're going to get a rosewood telly. Um, are just amazing guitars. Well, that's that's not completely true. They did um, a limited run of uh, Japanese ones. They did, but the thing with the Japanese ones is they were rosewood laminate, not yeah. solid rosewood. Oh, right, of course, yeah. Okay, um, so these are solid rosewood, and just solid rosewood guitars. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of chance to play a solid rosewood instrument because there aren't that many out there it's just such a unique sound to, yeah. to anything else i mean even uh, those even those uh solid rosewood neck guitars sound um, really different sound, sound so much different to like a standard sort of 60s ish strat or telly yeah you know? yeah that's um, really yeah, built cool in, built in 68 i didn't realize he had it basically used it for let it be and then that that final like rooftop concert and then that was it that was the only time he ever used it yeah that's why uh, I find it quite funny that this guitar has been kind of like idolised it's on so few songs that you would kind of think like how do you even know what this sounds like do you but know what I mean but it's it's the iconic shot isn't it it's yeah. that well, it's the, I mean it's one of many with the Beatles that's I guess, what always but, made yeah, me yeah. laugh about um, the Clapton when they did the Beano Les Paul because no not when the Beano get- the um, the Rosie you're no, Lucy, 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 no, because no, with with I think with one of them because he doesn't own it, and then they gave it to him. We're like, he was like, yeah, I think this is. I'm sure I remember seeing a video with the. I'm sure it was the Beano Les Paul because it got stolen. Yeah, no, like, I oh, think I'm that's pretty sure that that's, this is how it was because with Lucy, uh, Danny Harrison owns. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. right, okay. Yeah, so Danny Danny Harrison owns Lucy because um, Eric Clapton gave it to yeah to George, George Harrison. Harrison, yeah. Um, in exchange for his wife, yeah. <laughs> but with, with that, the, that's not true. That's <laughs> not true. But with with the Beano Les Paul, I think it got stolen in like the mid '60s. So when they decided to create, a, you know, a replica of it, it was all based on photos. And then when they gave it to him, he was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is what it was." It's like you know, there's no. It was used for like one one record, and that was it. Yeah. But it's become like an iconic instrument. You know. Well. There we go. So, um, do you know what else it comes with? Is it some sort of special case and loads of stuff? Yeah, they haven't really kind of said much about what else it comes with. They've sort of really just shown off the guitar. I'd imagine, to be honest, it probably comes with just a normal... There's only one guitar I know of that comes with a special case, and that's the Gilmore, because um, they still put the book with every guitar, so yeah. it's got a slightly yeah. different pocket in it. Yeah. Well, um, but, but some, of the, some of the 52... Tellies. Oh, some of the 52s come with the original case. Come with two cases, the, yeah. And the modern case. Yeah. Um, but, and yeah. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised case. if it comes with something different because the... Um, Probably comes uh, with a book or uh, well, some sort of special uh, certificate. Because the the, um, the Lucy came with a um, a copy of the White Album. Do you yes, remember? It, it came with yes. a copy of the and White Album like and it a... came with a book. And I really wouldn't be surprised if Fender have gone... They're trying to outdo Gibson. Yeah, if Fender went, okay, cool. So when Gibson did a George Harrison guitar, they got this and this. Let's, come on, we can do better than that. Yeah, I, I'd be into that. I like that. Healthy competition. Comes yeah. with a copy of a far inferior album, Let It Be. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that. Enjoy that. So George Harrison is not the only uh, guitar hero to ha- pick up a new signature model in the last week or so. Matt Knight, tell us about the PRS John Mayer. Yeah, right. First of all, can you guess how much it is? Oh, my word. I think I know, so I'm not going to say anything. Jay Cross. Jay. 
What what is the model? Is it just a so it- tell tell Jay the name okay. and the spec, and he'll have to guess how much. Okay, okay. so so John Mayer, yeah. um obviously left Fender. I think late. Or early last year, late okay. 2014. Yeah. And, you know, he started doing the thing with the Grateful Dead, Dead and Company. And this is the guitar that he's mainly been seeing play. So it's a PRS. Yeah. Um, it's the, like, Eagle spec. Um, so it's got the two humbuckers mm-hmm. and a the narrow field, which is their mini humbucker in the middle. All custom wound for him. Of course. Um, it's also, bizarrely enough for PRS, a longer scale length. It's actually 23.375. Um, so <laughs> can't get away from that Fender. He just yeah, like he's like that's not that's not Fender scale though. I know it's not, but it's, it's longer. It's just it's it's longer than a PRS scale, but it's just slightly below a Fender scale. Right. Um, all the humbuckers are coil tapped uh, for that. What is standard? Tone. No, no. There's three switches. That that okay. would be weird. Put three humbuckers in then. Coil tapped as standard. Um, and then it's got two, it's got a treble boost circuit built into it and a preamp that's all switchable as well. So five switches, volume tone, five way selector switch, three humbuckers. So this means there's a battery in the back somewhere? Yes. Okay. Uh, Semi hollow. Oh, um, God. And inside, it's, and it's also carved flame maple back and sides. Of course, yeah. Um, birds? It's also got a custom design, yeah, birds, custom yeah. designed sticker inside the actual F hole. Okay. Um, bizarrely enough. And John Mayer is, the name is engraved into the, the heel at the back. And then there's also a, like a shiny uh, number numbered sticker on the back plate on the back as well. It's also, just to top it off so you can work out the price, it's also private stock. They're only taking orders for three weeks and they won't build more than a hundred. What were we saying, Jay Cross? Um, so I don't think it will be more than 20 grand because the Paul's 25, was it? it was 28. Paul's 20, 28? 28, yeah. Paul's 28, they were, I think, like 23 grand. They were 28. 28. <laughs> Grand. Okay, right. So I don't. Oh, of course, yeah. So I don't but think. He actually, but he actually. He, he actually, actually built them himself, built, so it won't be that much. But it's going to be more than a stand. Fifteen grand. You're over, actually. Okay, right. Go on. How much? Uh, Eleven thousand <sighs> dollars or pounds. Pounds. Right. Okay. So, I, yeah, because I, I can't imagine it's going to be the same in in, in dollars, because obviously then everyone would just buy them from America. But yeah, basically. Basically, every dealer who is a, a main PRS dealer everywhere in the world has been offered the chance to buy one. Yeah. And it's the first hundred dealers who order one. And I think dealers are probably only allowed to order one. Yeah, I would have thought maybe two. Yeah. Um, which actually is quite a lot considering one guitar that I forgot to mention that also got announced this week sort of under the radar because it's probably not as well known a player as JD Simo he's like a big like Nashville guitarist and they've just Gibson have announced a collector's choice of his 335 and they're only making 25 Okay, so I was like that's like mega limited yeah and it's, and it's only four and a half thousand so yeah well you wow. know cheap just a yeah, cheap, cheap one you know, just a get, cheap one get, get three you know and it's basically the same price I'm going to throw it out there I don't think the John Mayer guitar is that expensive for what it is it, well I mean if you compare it to firstly if you compare it to other private stocks of, of of a similar spec I mean what's the standard 
for a private stock. Now, you know, I, I realise... I think they start at like, like five eight. or six, don't I th- they? Is it that? I, think, I thought it was more like eight. I think it depends what you go for. Yeah, of course it does, um, yeah. But, I mean, I actually, you know, and I think, you know, anyone out there in the guitar world will know that obviously PRSs, a majority of PRSs don't hold their value as well as maybe some other guitars. Yeah. Um, but, but, that's why, but that's why recently I think... PRS guitars are, you know, obviously now less expensive than custom shop Gibsons, and that wasn't the case sort of no. like five or six years but ago. But that's that's only because PRS haven't put up their prices, and Gibson have. Yeah, but I think this is probably one of the few that would probably maintain some sort of yeah. long um, because of the name behind it. Um, it's also I was just reading here; it comes with one of those cool um, Paisley cases that they do. So it's all the like vintage Paisley Tolex. Yeah. Um, and it's Brazilian rosewood uh, headstock veneer, uh, Brazilian rosewood board, and then like a different wood all for the binding as well. Where are they getting so it from? They've owned it for a long time, right? Um, because okay. I think the thing is, it's it's you have to be able to prove where yeah you have where to get, it came yeah. from yeah, and when it was cut down. So it's kind of getting the site certificates as well. So I, everything will probably come with some sort of. Um, basically passport so when Taylor did their Brazilian Rosewood guitars it came with a huge book which was the CITES because we've had it taken in a couple of guitars recently that have had um, we took in a second hand PRS recently and had a Brazilian board which was a run they did about 10 years ago and uh, we basically couldn't sell it outside of of the UK because if it went overseas yeah uh, because did you see the thing in the news recently with um, Brian Adams and here's 57 Martin. No. So he took it um, to on tour um, and he was in, playing in Egypt. And then when he, they flew out of Egypt, they took the guitar out to check it over. And then they like drew on the guitar. Oh, they marked I did see on that. The yeah, yeah, yeah. In like green fluorescent marker. Yeah. Um, because obviously they have to know what wood it is for obviously travel purposes. And then they wrote on it in like fluorescent green marker. Why? So, why did they do that? Why did they write on it? I don't know. It's, apparently, it's not the first time it's happened to him either. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Imagine taking... He's taking a 60-year-old guitar on tour. I mean, yeah. I mean, he could just be using a X-Series Martin or something on stage. You know what I mean? They're pro- it's probably good enough for the... Uh, for the audience to hear the difference. Wow, you know? that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Good on him, I'd say. But yeah, I mean, gutted. Absolutely. Yeah. He said it was fixable, apparently. I, I'd imagine it probably... Get some WD-40 I mean, yeah. on it. Yeah. Get some T-cut. A little bit of server soul. Just, yeah. wipe just put that a different one. sticker over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just sign it yourself, Brian. Yeah. It'll be yeah. fine. And then sell it. Job done. Um, yeah, I don't think it's that much money because of the name attached. I think yeah. the we've seen the appreciation of those, the initial run of custom shop strats, was it? The John Mayer ones? Yeah, that went the black for, strats, they're like 20 grand now, something ridiculous. They for, never come up. They no. never come It's It's kind of like the... Um, the Stevie Ray Vaughan, the, the, the when they did the um, not the Lenny, the, the SRV one when they yeah. did that, and I think they were they were eleven thousand when they came out. And they came in the flight case and they came with the custom strap, and I don't think like one comes up on the market probably every like three or four years. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can, for the same money though, you can buy his tube screamer. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't put that in the news this week because it was so ridiculous. But now you've <laughs> mentioned it, so Stevie Ray Vaughan's 
original tube screamers come up. And someone's asking for what, hundred grand? No, no it's eleven thousand dollars. It's in a, and it's in a shop. It's not him who's selling okay. it. Okay, I yeah. realise that he's not yeah. alive anymore. Well, yeah, okay, but it's not his estate that's selling okay. it. Is what I mean. You know, yeah. it's it's like someone has put it into a shop and the shop yeah, had gone was, um, yeah I'll do it Cesar Diaz who was his tech he had three Steve okay. Revorn always had three that were on tour and that's one of them and it comes to the letter problems to say that obviously he used it and someone obviously bought it at the time went yep this will be a solid investment and then just obviously decided to sell it and gone yeah 11 grand because I mean you know you might as well you've got nothing to lose really if you? you might as well put it up for whatever you want and then someone eventually is going to pay it yeah Totally, totally. And then that that pedal is always worth that amount of money. That's never gonna. It will never go down. And yeah. again, I don't think that's that much money. No. Well, well they, I, mean, I mean, if, you, if you're looking at it from a strictly, um, I mean, it's a tube screamer, so yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you're, but, what you're, what you've got to do is you've got to look at it from a strictly, um, uh, like memorabilia point of view, totally. which is something that we sort of don't really get into very often. It's completely. But, you know, if you if you look at the the value of of some. You know, just like don't even have to be guitar related. Like, look at the go and find like a Beatles tour poster from yep. you know, like an original tour poster from the sixties, and you're probably paying half of that. You know, yeah. well, mm, you can get that stuff quite cheap, but it's the stuff that belongs to the artist. Well, I, guess, was, is the I remember thing seeing recently there was a guitar that Elvis played at a particular show in Las Vegas and it's like it had like Elvis Presley all inlaid on the on the fretboard and everything and ha- and at the end of one song he leaned over to a guy at the front row and just went this is for you and then just gave it to him like randomly wow. and like right at the end of the show and this guy had to then be like police escorted out of the building and everything and he, and he just kept it for years and years and years and then was like oh I need to sell it and they were like you know how much is it worth and they were just like well it's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it but yeah. we'll try and auction it for like a hundred thousand dollars do you know what I mean it's yeah bonkers crazy That's a, but like you know you compare that to something like I guess it's a different kettle of fish because you know something like the the um, the Gary Moore Peter Green Les Paul yeah you know obviously that's different because it's a 59 Les Paul which is worth more money than Les Paul most Les Pauls anyway yeah but you know if that's worth two million dollars how much is ten grand for a tube screamer well yeah absolutely yeah it's fine. (laughs) Um, yeah, again, I don't think that's that much money. Someone who's the most massive fan in the world that's got a load of money will undoubtedly pay it and it will sit in their collection. It's not like you're paying 10 grand for a pedal to go on a board. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Get, it's going to go on, it's, it's go on though, the Facebook it's, forum. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, you know, 10 grand that you're never going to lose. No, like, it's completely, it's, like you say, it's an investment. You're putting a whole chunk of money that doesn't really exist into a thing that's essentially not worth any more than a hundred pound tube screamer but that money will go up that you by owning that thing you've turned that big chunk of money that you put into it into even more money that's all it is i tell you what should really happen is ibanez should buy it ibanez should buy it and then they should um do a reissue yeah i mean official but it's just a tube screamer but like official or unofficial you just like you just chip off you you just get it and you just copy the relicking exactly and then you sell it for a hundred quid instead of instead of you know and they'll sell a thousand of those and then they've got their money back you know yeah. what, whatever yeah like, if, they, if yeah. they sell it for like three hundred dollars or something well not even that sell it for the same price as a standard tube screamer well i'm just thinking they'd need yeah you know if you put a little bit more effort into it and sell it for you know 
even even like what's the tube screamer nowadays 130 quid even if you sell this one for like 200 quid oh if you sell it for 230 quid and you sell a thousand you've made your money back i mean yeah happy yeah. days yeah it's well, not that um, much money did you see you know a few days ago i put um that on the guitar nerds facebook part, i put that 57 strat that was coming up in an auction okay like last week um because there was a guitar specific auction in uh, i think it was in bath and me and my dad were watching um all the guitars gone there and had yeah an original 50 strat one owner from new one owner from 1957 wow. to 2013 when it then got inherited by someone else in the family and uh, it went for 21,000 pounds which i was like that's actually like relatively cheap yeah like had the case it had all of the original strings on it, it had uh, all the original paperwork and i was just like that's 21 grand like if you had that spare that there's no better way you could spend 21 grand yeah uh, you've just bought a house Matt you could have remortgaged straight away and <laughs> put an extra 21 grand on I don't know what you're playing at I mean uh, you know if, if that ever if the opportunity arises in a few years maybe I can convince Amy that we shouldn't remodel the house we should just buy a 57 strap do it definitely but like in all seriousness, I do think that's a, a fairly solid investment. You know, oh, totally. If, oh, yeah, 100%. If, if, like, you know, the, the bottom isn't likely to drop out of the uh, vintage guitar market anytime soon. No. In fact, almost certainly the opposite. Yeah. And if you can buy a guitar that's in good nick from, you know, over, you know, over... Well, I mean, just it doesn't really matter how old it is. You know, if, you're, if, you've, if you've got something that's a 50s guitar and it's in relatively good nick... That's just going to keep getting better, you know. It's not going to. Of course, all of a it's sudden... not like they're going to make any more. No, well, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't get that. No, again, just don't store it next to the radiator, and well, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's the thing. Look after it, and even if you had completely muffed it up, like in that case, say they'd had it in the family, but it had been up in the loft where it was a bit cold and stuff, still going to be worth a load of money. Yeah, because yeah. people will always still want it, you know. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, I would say 21 grand well spent. Now, John Mayer and George Harrison aren't the only artists getting new stuff uh, this week. Seymour Duncan have just, an- just announced the Jeff Loomis blackout pickups. Jeff Loomis blackout pickups. Hard to say that. Um, Matt, what's the deets? Um, I'm, I'm really sorry. I can't remember what band he plays in. Um, he's in... Uh, we talked about this the other week. He's a, he's a YouTube guy, isn't he? No, he's not. He's in... Oh, he's in Arch, Arch Enemy. Enemy. Okay. That's the one. But he also... I'm sure he does some stuff on YouTube as well. Yeah, he does. I think he does some stuff on YouTube with... Um, what's that guy called? The Swedish guy. Oh, Ola England. Yeah, Ola yeah. England. Um, I think they've done some stuff together because I think he helps Ola England obviously like secure some sort of bigger gigs with the band that he does now. Okay. Um, but yeah, seven string um, pickup specifically designed for the neck position in his guitar, which I thought was quite cool. They do like a neck um, and I think they do um, a bridge, but they're both passive, <coughs> um, okay. which I thought was because a lot of the times, obviously, a lot of these guys are using sort of active pickups or well, sort of. And aren't, like, the, aren't pretty much all the Seymour Duncan blackout pickups active anyway? Um, I think they are. I, th- I'm, I can't remember the because they, they do so many pickups now. But yeah, these ones are specifically um, for his extended, his signature extended range guitars. Okay, uh, and passive as well. So cool. Any oh, uh, cool. any kind of guidance on what they sound like? Uh, relatively sort of like I think they're like medium style output. I think as I was saying um, last week, the there was the guy who had the signature bare knuckle and obviously the thing is if you go for something too high you lose a lot of the um the lot of the bottom end um because 
it's everything just sounds starts sounding really really muddy but looking at it i think they do yeah they do i think they do an active version or a way you can certainly make it active i was just quickly went onto the Seymour Duncan website and they're actually saying that you can make the bridge active somehow. Okay. I'd have to certainly look into it. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Wonder if there's Yeah, it's weird because you usually can't mix active and passive, so I don't know if they've done something sort of special with that particular pickup or not. Um but I mean Arch Enemy sort of like quite a lot of high gain, a lot of clarity and and string de- definition because of the seven strings as well. Yeah. Yeah, interesting to see what those sound like if he's going for a fully passive set. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, see where we get to. Interesting uh, um, uh, Jeff Loomis uh, fact for you. Go on. When I bought my seven-string guitar when okay. I was 15 years old, um, the only band who played seven strings that I knew were Korn. And uh, this guy that I knew at school was like, oh, you should, uh, you should listen to this band Nevermore. They play seven-string guitars, and they're really, really good. And uh, so I went on Kazar or Napster or something. Soulseek. And uh, it was pre-Soulseek, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And, uh, and I typed in Nevermore and, um, and found a song called I Am The Dog, which okay. at the time I was like, that's brilliant. This is going to be a great that's song. That's so metal. That's, that's really, like, it's really cool. I like it. And I downloaded it, and the song was dreadful. Of course. And, uh, and yeah, Jeff Loomis was in that band. And also in that band at the time was Chris Broderick from Megadeth. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Weird. And he now has a signature something. Schecter, ESP, Ibanez. Ibanez. Yeah, he's got a signature something. Chris Broderick, Matt? Any ideas? Uh... He's got a signature something, but I can't think what it is. Yeah, that's but, exactly what we said. Yeah, but yeah, Jeff Loomis was in this band Nevermore before Arch Enemy. Okay. And, uh, yeah, good on him. Yeah, it is definitely, I think it's a Schecter. Okay, yeah, that sounds so about right. Well. Yeah. Sounds about right. One last bit of news um, before, oh, we're almost at time actually. So we'll do this and then we'll do some stuff in the Patreon episode. Um, SIB Electronics announced the Charger guitar amplifier. Now, I'd never heard of SIB before, but I actually got in touch with them um and they sent me this press release about the Charger, um, which is something that's just come out this week. So, interesting pedal, um, similar concept to the Magnum 44, is that what it was called? The ele- 44 Magnum. 44 Magnum, the yeah. Electro Harmonix stomp box size guitar amp. Caliber 22 caliber. 22 caliber. Yeah, um, similar sort of idea to that, um, but it's got a kind of decent preamp built in as well. So, uh, you've got a amount of drive and you've got, I think, treble and bass on there as well. So, you can actually shape the sound a little bit, which is something you couldn't really do on the electronics ones right yeah. there wasn't EQ or anything on there no there was not no, no. Um, so uh, yeah it's a little kind of stomp box size guitar head essentially um, that looks like a pedal um, and will go anywhere from 20 to 50 watts depending on what cab you're plugging it in obviously wow. that would, will draw a different impedance different sure. impedance yeah, cabs yeah. I mean it will draw a different um, output but I just thought it was really cool uh, something nice to have in the gig bag yeah as a spare totally which is what those kind of the magnums and stuff were kind of aimed at but I always thought they weren't particularly well built I had a 22 caliber and it was rubbish yeah I used it for one gig and um and then I sold it because it was rubbish yeah. uh, even as backup I never used the 44 Magnum um, but by all accounts they were quite a lot better yeah yeah. They was, um, I think the, the 44 Magnum was better just purely because it had just like a little bit more headroom yeah um, but it's just yeah like the sort of great backup tool um, or great for if you want to make like a rig stereo like really quickly if you've got like a small amp and just for like 
sort of cleaner stuff because there was no way to kind of really drive it yeah um, and this actually looks really really good despite the fact that the graphic on the front looks like there's a speaker on it there uh, isn't that confused me as well because when i got uh, the press release here, i was like is this a is this like the dan electro thing where there's like a little speaker in a pedal and it took me a while to like read it all and i was like no there is no speaker here it's got like what, some the- weird like warped speaker grill yeah. picture on the front do you know what would be good is if someone made something like this but put an effects loop in it so you had a preamp side so you had a volume for preamp or like a gain yeah. an EQ and a power amp then had an effects loop so you could put it on your pedal board and then still use all your effects either like in a virtual effects loop you know, after the preamp before the power amp and then you could then use drives before it because with this, it's going to be great until you start maybe using a bit more gain and then there's no way you can run like delays or anything or, you know, it's going to sound a bit muddy. So I thought it'd be quite good for someone to do that and actually make something that's designed to go on a pedal board and then you just yeah. plug it straight into a cab. I tell you, this would be, um, this sort of brings us full circle a little bit in that something like this would be good as if you're in a band that only has one guitarist, yep. but you're, you know, you're playing shows with bands that potentially, you know, you might have there might be two cabs at, uh, uh, at the show. At venue, yeah. Yeah, it might be worth... Put it in the gig bag. Put it, And then if there's the option to run it into... Definitely. You know, to, yeah, yeah. to give you the option of that stereo stereo rig. Yeah, you know? definitely. Mm. Cool idea. Nice. Um, so we're almost at, up at about time. We did get a load of questions this week from the Facebook group. I think we're going to go and do them over on the Patreon episode. Uh, we've got questions from Vince about the Gibson RD artist base. Uh, question from Andrew about his PA situation. Question from Simon about his uh, Fender USA Toronado. Uh, question from Sai about weird guitar dreams. Oh, no. Um, and a question uh, from Jeremy about band names. Yeah. Exciting oh, stuff. We're not the people to be talking about band names. Exactly. That's why I put it in the <laughs> Patreon episode. I think it'll be uh, it'll be good. And uh, yeah, so if you want to join us uh, to, to, for that episode, um, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. We're from as little as $5 a month. You get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds every week. Or for $10 a month, you become one of our exclusive backers, of which we've only got four positions left now. Holy moly. So um, yeah, we limited, we capped it at 20. Um, so if you want to get in on that, now's your last chance to die as it were and uh, yeah get in on that as these people have oh I haven't got the list up sorry okay Andy McKenzie Joe Depto Eric Seary Paul Corrigan Jack Godfrey Dale Rasco Jack Conroy Will Claire Chris Wilson Scott O'Brien Matt Quine Fletcher Phil Thompson Laurie Anstis Moog Gravit <laughs> Colin Anderson There we go Little jazz rendition this week <laughs> Wow We're like the judge out of jazz We are I like that a lot That was good <laughs> felt like that helped me get through the last few minutes of this podcast it was good so yeah more stuff over as always at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds uh, we're going to do an extra half an hour of your questions I just, I just want to say every week Mark sends through a little roadmap of what we're going to talk about roughly and uh, the Patreon content is uh, the questions that we don't get round to. We yeah. didn't get round to any of the questions. Sure, sure. But, so. you know, we've selected some good ones for the Patreon. And oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, then yeah. We'll, we'll do the rest next week. There's some good stuff about um, 
different fuzz pedals and things like that and how to mount an ISO brick under a pedal board we'll do that next week that'll be uh, that'll be good um, so yeah if you want to um, hear that patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds or you can head over to the facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum to submit questions and talk to other guitar nerds and just generally be friendly and boot off people that are posting up videos without priorly getting involved in the group um, or you can follow us on twitter at guitar nerds or follow us individually at mark underscore random at matt underscore nightsy at jybm1 do head over to the periscope as well at guitar nerds because uh, we're going to be doing, be doing quite a lot of stuff sounds like me and matt might have some time off at the same time so we might do some yeah. guitar stuff um and uh, yeah instagram at guitar nerds or just head over to the website guitarnerds.net. you get some news get your videos get your podcasts get it all there um thanks very much we'll see you next week thanks gang goodbye deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Black for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.